Hello, welcome back to another edition of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here. It's been a week off in between, but we need to remember, Tom, the last time there was a DP World Tour event, we had three guys in the top five, yet we didn't even sniff a winner. You know, I, I felt like the best week we've had all season in reality, but uh, fortunately Jordan Smith ran away. But Tom, it's good to be back as uh, we start the last two events, kind of the playoffs here in the Race of the Bay Challenge. Yeah, I, I think you can count yourself pretty unlucky that week, um, having having those guys in the in the top three or five. But like, it to me, Jordan Smith just did everything that we said he could do, right? So. Um, a little bit like when Sean Crocker beat Pepperell, a little bit like when Russell Henley won last week, like the leader just went out and carried on what they were doing. And I think Gavin Green, didn't he pick like, make like, he like made birdie on like, or eagle or something on like nine, he picked up like nine shots over 10 holes and made no ground on Jordan Smith. I think it was in the final round. Like he was just electric. Yeah. I mean, uh, with, I feel like we've been so close on, on so many over. I mean, Gavin, I mean, that performance is a winning performance, right? Like that is yeah. literally what, what you ask for on any golfer that you'd pray for. But sometimes you you do run into a buzzsaw, right? And it's, uh, it's what happens in the game of golf. And you move on to, to a week, to an event that we haven't seen, I would say, this style uh, back at um, the Nebank Golf Challenge when we have it as the first leg kind of in the, the DP World Tour Championship or the, the Race of Dubai kind of playoffs in a couple of years. Um, we have 66 golfers that are going to be teeing it up here that are ranked, you know, inside there on the Race of Dubai rankings. Um, so no cut event, 72 holes back at Gary Player Country Club. Um, last time what we saw these guys here, what the winner would have been this was in full field event. So Bazaden out won in, in 2020, and it's crossed over a bunch on the Sunshine Tour. I believe Danny Van Tonder beat out um, beat out Oliver Becker the last time we saw this this course. I know yeah. Ron Becker that week, if I remember correctly. Um, but so I, I enjoy this this event, this course, the a South African event with a lot of talent or a decent amount of talent. It's not the same as it could have been in years past. But I, I'm excited for this week. Yeah, I mean, like I think obviously it's a it's a completely different event. So you, you talk about the 2020 SA Open. So they had two that year, didn't they? They had one in January, one in December. The second one was at Gary Player, where Bizwiden had one by five strokes over Jamie Donaldson. Then Van Tonder, like you said, beat Oliver Becker by one shot. Who I don't know how he got over that water that that day. Um, still still reeling a little bit from that. But when when you go back, you've got to go back three years since we've had the actual Nedbank Golf challenge uh Toby Fleetwood won in a playoff uh, against Marcus Kinhole and you look at the the kind of winners list of this event Fleetwood Westwood's won it three times Brandon Grace Noren Leishman Danny Willett Thomas Bjorn Martin Keimer Robert Allenby Henry Stenson Trevor Immelman Jim, Jim Furyk and it goes on Sergio Garcia has won it twice you know it, it's basically a premier event on the DP World Tour, and and it was actually like called like the Million Dollar Challenge or something back in the day when it when the million dollars was a lot. Um, these days it doesn't really matter, but I think I think they actually increased the purse quite a decent amount. Um, in Tommy Fleetwood's year as well, I think he kind of won like two and a half million or something that year, and he got asked, you know, what does it mean to you? He's like, money means nothing, and that's how everyone loves Tommy Fleetwood, right? But um, in terms of the golf course itself, Sky, I mean, I look at it, and it's it's basically a really tough driving golf course where 
scoring can be pretty difficult to come by. I mean, Fleetwood won at 12 under, Grace at 11 under, um, Kaima at 8 under. You know, there, there has been some better scores, obviously, in between with Noran at 14, Leishman at 19, Willie at 18. But they then won. So, like, Leishman won 19 under, but won by six strokes. Willie won at 18 under, won by four strokes. So they kind of stepped away from the field. A little bit like, I guess, Otegi at Valderrama. Like, the score they shot isn't really relative to the, to the golf course, right? So... Uh, really tough golf course and there was two courses I haven't done this in a little while I've kind of stepped away from this a little bit in my process guide but the two courses that I really like to correlate for this are Doha Country Club for the Qatar Masters and Cranser Sierra so there's a little bit of um, well there is elevation at this golf course which you do get at Cranser Sierra and there's just been a huge amount of crossover in both events so the person that kind of and I'm, I'm rambling here a little bit so we'll, we'll interject in a sec the the person that kind of alerted me to this, so Young Hun Wang, do you remember him? Yes, yeah. So, well, so like I, it was probably past our time of betting, but yes, yeah. Yeah. So he time of betting. Yeah. He finished second to Alex Noren here in 2016, but he's also won at Doha, um, and he's won three times on the DP World Tour, like Trophy Sam, Russia's Open, and Qatar. Um, but but kind of didn't really do it. He was never consistent. Um, and then I look at another place that he's done well at, and that was Cran Cercier. So he's one Qatar, second here, twelfth at Crans. And then when you start to dig into the people that have done well at sort of all three, Sergio Garcia has won at all three. Thomas Bjorn's won at all three. Ernie Els has won at all three. Robert Carlson's won in Qatar, one in Crans, second here. Immelman won here, second at Crans. Willits won both. Noren's won both. So there's a lot of crossover between Crans and here. Doha even more so. Stenson. Um, is a winner and a three-time runner-up here, a winner and two-time runner-up at Doha. Brandon Grace won back-to-back at Doha, won here. Uh, Adam Scott won twice in Doha, won here. So, or runner-up here. So, the trouble is with that, as people will probably have guessed as I'm reading off those names, they're all the best kind of players on the DP World Tour, right? So, it could be absolutely nothing, but it just gave me, just basically Young Hun Wang being the guy that that won Doha, second here and 12th at Crowns, kind of led me to believe that there is something to that. So, if anyone kind of wanted a couple of courses to maybe look at, uh, those were the two I found. Yeah, I, I would add one more. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But uh, Ben Coley, our friend, was was big on the Golf National yeah, as, as yeah. kind of a one that and it, it makes sense with the driving test that can prevent or, or present itself. Long straight driving is very beneficial there. Long straight driving is very beneficial here, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's a long course at seventy eight hundred yards plus. Is that elevation? You mentioned that with cramps. Yeah. I mean, I think all of those do make a lot of sense. And and your opening point. Um, this is a big event. They, they refer to it as Twitter handle as Africa's major. Like, yeah. you know, this, this is a really big event for them. It's I'm disappointed. You know, some of the big guys didn't show up, you know, you get to see some of the PGA guys maybe next week or they cross over because they have those top, high rankings uh, from major championships. And if you can get one of these guys to, to play in the lead in the event, so it'd be really cool. Um, you know, Tommy's here, but basically outside of that, um, I guess, you know, I, we can go right to the odds board, right? Tommy's number one, Smith's number two, uh, right there. I mean, they're quite short 12s or nine and a half for, for Fleetwood, 14s for Smith. Um, two other PGA guys are here, though, in, in Dietrich, 14 to one, and Bezaden, who at 18 to one, a winner here, of course. Um, and I say PGA guys, Dietrich now being a full time PGA Tour card holder and off to a hot start. Um, he's a short number, Tom. It, it's something where 
Uh, we've talked about can he get over the line? He's played as good as anybody. Um, what do you think there about Dietrich? Is he somebody you think uh, that could break through this week? I'm betting him this week because I just figure that we, we've we've seen Jordan Smith do it. We've seen Callum Shinkwin do it at prices that we don't want to bet them at. And I kind of been writing about Thomas, talking about Thomas Dietrich last couple of weeks, saying that it just feels inevitable that he's going to win. And, and what you've got to figure out is, is he going to do it on the PJ Tour or the DP World Tour? Um, it's probably going to happen on the DP World Tour. And it's going to happen at this number. And that just makes me think that I should just take it. And not only that, Sky, he's, Thomas Dietrich has played here twice and he's finished seventh and third on those two occasions. Both times he's had a chance to win. So 2018, he was in third place and three shots back going into Sunday, despite opening with a 75. Um, but he couldn't put pressure on Sergio Garcia going into the final day, finished third. And then the second time, he shot three opening under par rounds um, and went into the final day, one shot back of Xander Lombard, uh, shot a final round 74 and, and fell four short of Tommy Fleetwood and Marcus Kinnell in the playoff. But I think when you consider just how well he's been playing, how many years it's been since those two starts, um, just for the fact that he's 5 for 5 for May cuts on the PJ Tour this season, 2nd, 9th, 12th, 15th place finishes. Uh, Thomas Dietrich, to me, just... I, I can't sit here and say he looks value because he's he's 14 to 1, right? But I think that inevitably he's he's proven that he's a better player than this level in general. Um, I know that someone you're going to come on to in a minute sort of fits that narrative as well. Like, I think... It is it is a short price. I'm not going to shy away from that, but I think it I think it's suitable, and I think he's definitely in the form to win a golf course that he's basically contended at both times. Yeah, it's hard to to make an equivalency, you know, from what he's played on the PGA Tour because he hasn't won, right? Yeah, backdoored kind of a top five what um, at one of those events recently, and yeah, Bermuda, but yeah. but do you think that quality of golf is is a winning quality of an event like this caliber right you know yeah. and that's kind of what the equivalent is um now does does contention rust or does the the moment get too big who who knows right like you hope not. I, I really do want Dietrich to, to break through he's fun to root for what jeff calls him the, the european female and, and loves to bet on him right like it's it's right there for him so it is a short number that's kind of you know you, you pick your spot and, and you hope to come through with it Beyond there, I was definitely interested in, in the Zayden who their 18s, you know, it's, it's, it's decent, I think, especially for someone who has a lot of course success, really good at the President's Cup, or I guess decent at the President's Cup, came out really good at the Shriners to follow. It's surprising because, you know, to me, it's all short game with him to, to do so well at a course, which you, you need that type of, of long game is a little bit, when it gets to this level, those events that he, he was really good yeah. at, right, wasn't wasn't he was the overwhelming favorite if i remember correctly when he went back to back uh, during that kind of run of golf um so that to me is is enough i end up starting my card a little bit deeper right you have mcintyre you have fox you have min Wu, you have rasmus all kind of in that range to follow i mean if i'm really selecting who i think is the best pga guy or, or somebody who has I don't know, like the, the sky high ceiling, in my opinion, is yeah. is Lucas Herbert. Like we've talked about him at great lengths over the last couple of years on the yeah, show, yeah. right? Um, and I've I've said that very similar with, with Kitayama as well. And I, I view them their ceilings even more so I think Herbert, but I don't know, maybe Kitayama's capitalized it on a little bit more. But like I don't know, man. 
they have incredibly variant finishes. They can miss the cut. They can top five. It's really good long game um, and mainly distance for Herbert there. But for Herbert, I mean, the best short game in the world. He might be literally the best putter in the world. Number one strokes game putting last year on the PGA Tour. And my thing is I'm getting 25 to one on him, right? Winner on the PGA Tour, two-time winner on the VP World Tour. Um, I just, I want to to be backing him when the, when that number is decent more often than not. I'm willing to stick on a guy like him. I was disappointed in myself of giving up on Kitayama when he played well in the CJ Cup. You know, and I, I just don't want to have that same feeling because any week, any time, I think Herbert can contend and that short game can lift him and that if that driving clicks or if the irons click while the short game is there, I mean, he is, he can win a, like he can win a major in my opinion. Like you, you could see him like in the open championship, like he had as many birdies as anybody, right? He wasn't going to get to Cam or he wasn't going to get to Rory, but like that leaderboard sniffed a little bit um, for him. So I don't know. I think that's the upside I look at him at and 25 to one versus some of the other guys in between. I'm perfectly fine going in with that number for him. So he's probably the one that makes the case against the price for Dietrich for me. Like I, I sat there and said, I don't really know what price you could make Dietrich. And the argument is, well, Lucas Herbert's playing, you know, really good stuff on the PJ Tour. He's not been as consistent. So Dietrich is, is factored into kind of place money and top five money and stuff like that. But like, to, you know, to, to all your points you just said, plus the fact he's got an eighth place finish uh, at Crown Sercier, which I liked. Um, Bay Hill, great driving golf course, seventh place finish there. Um, you know, Irish Open and Divide is a classic wins, Bermuda Championship wins. Like, do they all correlate? No, but like, it, to me, like, just, just, you know, the asset is his driving, right? And and it has been for a little while now, which is which hasn't always been. He's he's always he's been fairly short game driven for large parts of his career. But the fact that that driving distance and that even that driving accuracy at times has improved uh, makes him a danger. Yep, yep, I totally agree. Um, we've seen a push down in odds um, on Brandon Grace, somebody who arguably has the most success here of anybody. Uh, you know, you have Grace, and then you get into the 30s, and this is kind of the range where. In an event like this, it's hard not to, to jam four or five guys on your card, six guys. And we each have uh, five selections this week. I think you have four, I have five um, overall. And I mean, they're all jammed basically now in this 30 to like 80 range, right? And you have to specifically seek out a long shot, 100 to 1 plus. And for, for me, I'm cool living in these 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, because I think there's really good golfers that have played strong all season long. And one that, man, I would go to the bank as probably the best ball striking season of anybody on the DP World Tour right now. And I, I firmly believe that has not lost strokes on approach since the Dutch Open in May. So literally, you're looking at a, a run of 10 consecutive events or nine consecutive events. I don't know um, if you can trust the, the Alfred Dunhill Lynx championship where he finished fourth at with, you know, I guarantee those irons were firing for yeah. Antoine Rosner, just like they have all year long. Right. If I look at somebody who can drive with distance plus accuracy. So one of the better drivers on this tour lights out with the irons. The question is, do you go to the route and look at some of these previous winners and, and think about it lately, like the Zayden who does not fit the mold that Rosler does. But like, if you, you rule out the two years where it wasn't, wasn't happening. I, I mean, Tommy's not somebody you think about ha- having a heck of a flat stick. Westy's done well here. Sergio has done well here. Martin Keimer has won, right? Like guys that you are not feeling good over 
a, an eight foot putt, right? Like that, that's the struggle there. So what's for me to, to worry? Of course, it's going to probably keep me up at night, <laughs> Wednesday night, you know, betting Antoine Rosner. But I, I think overall, when that putting spikes, and it has a couple of times, and he, he the, the funny thing is it hasn't capitalized ever to the point in which he should have won or the irons were on par the same time. But man, I just 31 to one is, is the longest night you can find Rosner over here. I just love it. I, I think it fits the mold of exactly. And it's not even looking in, into anything outside of a really good driver, really good ball striker. And that is who has won here historically. He, he is probably the one that I'm most afraid of that I haven't bet. And, and the reason for that, we kind of spoke about just how good his game has been just for so long right like it's just lasted for such a long time and he's won in Qatar not not the golf course that that I mentioned earlier um but he's won in Qatar which I like he's got uh 4th and 13th place finishes at Grand Sierra as well uh which obviously I've, I've mentioned that I do like there and just I just think he's it seems weird for someone who's already got two wins already but I think he's due like, I think he's due a victory, and that would mean he's won 2020-2021-2022. So, for Antoine Rosner, and that would actually carry on from the Challenge Tour. So, 2019, he wins twice, wins in 2020, wins in 2021, wins again in 2022, potentially for Rosner. Um, it's a great golf course for him, like, on paper. Um, I actually don't necessarily trust the Brazilian House stuff. Like, I don't know if they set the course up differently because it was a different event or... It was just that he's just so much better than everybody else in that field. But, like, he prototypically doesn't fit what is here. And like you said, you, you read about the people's names. Danny Willett, Alex Norum, great ball strikers, very average putters on their day. So, um, that you know, Alex Norum would keep me awake at night. So, um, yeah, Anton Rosner, I think it's a great bet. Yep. And, and at some point, that I feel like that's just going to hit, right? Rosner's going to get there. Is the number going to be too short? I don't know. It's teetering that way. If he was 25, if he was next to Herbert, I'm, I'm clicking Herbert at every time. But yeah. – a little bit more value there for Ross. We've just seen with Jordan Smith and Russell Henley what happens when a great ball striker putts. Yeah. Like they lap the field. Yep. That's a, that's a great point. I love that. Um, I go again, I believe, before into you. Yep. Yep. So again, I, I'm kind of living here. And this is one where I think it's a little odd pricing too. Um, I don't know if I would classify um, Rosner as odd pricing, but. Somebody who, if you read off guys that are in between here, and I'm just gonna, I, I think Pepperell is is very fine. He's going, he he, similar to Rosner, right? Like it could be there's a distance going to provide you know an issue. Um, I definitely prefer with others. I liked Marat because he's a big hitter. You know, he has that ability. He is above average accuracy. Tristan Lawrence is yeah. is pretty popular um, among people that you know I respect him with the selections. Uh, you know, could see it coming off of a win on the Sunshine Tour. Perez, Otegi, all are in there. But the one that sticks out to me, Tom, that I, I'm super excited to go back to the well, and I say go back to the well because we bet him every single week this season outside of the week that he won. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think Yannick Paul could do it again. I, I really do. He he is basically Rosner light in, in a way, right? Like, hasn't been that same type of consistency, but in, in my eyes, he is one of the few golfers in this field who is well above accuracy or well above on either a distance or accuracy and, and positive to the field on both. He is a very accurate driver of the golf ball and he's always beating the distance of the field. And that stretch of golf he had eighth 
Miscut eighth 21st championship. And then he came out of the Portugal Masters kind of hot through like the opening nine, opening 18. And you, what do you expect? A week after your first ever win, your life has changed. Yeah. I, I don't need to worry about anything that happened at the Portugal Masters. I just need to know he blitzed a field. And I guess didn't blitz the field. He could have. Had the potential, but, so yeah. Yeah. He won that event with like putting with his eyes closed, basically, right? <laughs> like outside of 18. When it, I don't even know if that counted towards the strokes game putting because it was from the fringe. It probably wasn't around the green. But, um, like, you know, it, his short game wasn't there. And, and Rosner Mould, Yannick Paul Mould, 45 to 1. I, I'm taking that to the bank with Yannick. So I think I think with me, with, with Yannick, it's just now is like, I feel like I've missed out. And I don't know. And this is just a feel thing. I have nothing other than nothing. I just don't have any wins again before the year's out. Like I, I just, you know, there's only two events left, so it's going to be hard for, or, you know, two events of the season left um as, as we just discussed we've got a busy uh november december ahead of us for the year but, um, it yeah I, I don't know i think it's i think it's one of those where like he makes perfect sense so why go against him and i, I actually probably preferred adrian moronk those people that you mentioned um I, I think he's got some great upside again um my card has basically been filled with people that i think deserve a win and, and haven't got one yet um so i've gone the other way whereas i think Paul's kind of done his winning. Yeah. Oh, totally fair. And it's either does the stress pop off and do you just close up the season? You're, you're good, right? Yeah. Or are you playing with house money and you might be more relaxed than you've ever been and, and just can rip off a couple. We've seen it go very, very different ways for, for, you know, different people. And I'm excited for Yannick to have a brief. And there was some time off, right? We had a week off. Some of these guys didn't play the event prior. Like, there's been a good amount of time in between reset. I think that's a really hard thing to, especially with someone like Yannick Paul. Like, you don't know. He's gone straight into the Portugal Masters, but I probably would have thought he shouldn't have played that week. Um, yeah. He just enjoyed it. Um, he probably went in with the idea, like you said, of, well, I'm freed up now. Let's just see what I can do while I'm in this form. And it didn't work out. Um, so now you don't know whether he's gone away for a week, worked hard, or whether he's gone right. I'm actually going to take the break that I probably should have had and just come back because I know my game's in good shape and I can win again. So, um, you know, it, I find this part of the year, and it, so it's the late season of the DP World Tour and early season of the PJ Tour season, where it's really, really hard to get a grip on people's mental state. Are they looking one year, like one season ahead? Are they looking back at what they've not achieved, what they have achieved? You know, what are they doing? So uh, for Yannick Paul, it's, it's, it's in the balance. But we'll find out a lot about him this week, I think. For sure. For sure. Um, if I'm thinking of a golfer that I've bet on a lot, you've bet on a lot, and I'm willing and nervous to, to step off here. But, man, it doesn't feel good, especially when I dig into the numbers, man, uh, about your selection here. Yeah, I mean, I, I was very, very surprised when I saw your list. Every, everyone else that you put on your list, I kind of predicted beforehand. I didn't know you were going to pick them all, but they, they all make sense. Um if I was making up a virtual shortlist for you. But this guy I thought was a dead certainty to be on your card. I thought he'd be where Yannick was for you. Gavin Green has finished fifth in Doha. He's twice been 12th at Crans. Uh, he's made his last 10 straight cuts. He's had three runner-up finishes in that time and an 11th. He's played here twice in the past. Not well, 57th and 21st, but he's played here in the past in the in the strength of fields like this. Actually, stronger fields like this. Um, his driver in isolation could be better. So off the tee, it could be slightly better. But third, seventh and third uh, in tee to green recently, sixth, eighth and first in approach. Quality form, quality course, correlated form for uh, for Gavin Green. 
definitely overdue. He definitely fits that same, um, probably not as overdue as, as Thomas Dietrich, right? Like I think Dietrich's been closer and Gavin Green's had, I think Green's had the potential for longer and, and hasn't quite got there, whereas Dietrich's been there and just not got it. Um, but 45 to 1 about, or 50 to 1, I think, on DraftKings Sportsbook for Gavin Green um, is huge. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's tough. I, like, I, I really like it. Like, you know, I mean, his, his, the tough part is like, it could have been the win. Like last time out could have been the win, right? Like that, yeah. that was the, probably the best. I mean, if you, if you look at like a raw rating in which they give Gavin Green on like data golf for that, that event, let me see. That event was the best event of his career gained they 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 gave him over three strokes gained like on a, on a weighted average over over the field 3.22 he has never cracked three ever in, in his career um, and, and it depends how you look at that for Gavin Green right like do you look at it and go he's just put in the best performance he could probably ever achieve like even if he goes on to win this week it probably won't be as convincing as, as how correct. good it was last week right or last two weeks ago so does Gavin Green go in with it of, I've played the best golf of my career, I didn't get the job done, so now I'm just going to go and get it done while I'm still in the form? Or does he go, my absolute best wasn't good enough, and he's just sitting in a dark room somewhere um, waiting for the season over? I, I don't know which way it's going to go, but if you think about Gavin Green, historically, like driving and, and putting, getting a streak of his putter has always been his thing, right? So, Doha, the two twelves at Crans. In fact, you know, 10 straight cuts is, is massive for Gavin Green. He's probably never done that in his career. I can't imagine he's ever done that in his career. Um, I, I'm not going to look because I think it's a waste of time. But that, to me, is huge for him. So 40, uh, 50 to 1, sorry. Um, just on those numbers, I think, Gavin Green. And I, and I know it would be tough for you. So, um, yeah, it's it, it, tough in that sense. But, like, hey. I think it's a good bet. Hey, you make a compelling argument. He's out to 55s at DraftKings, too. So, uh, so someone's, even better. someone's currently listening uh to us through some sort of like you know like those horrible things where they say your echoes have been like bugged someone's listening to us at DraftKings going tom likes gavin green let's boost him let's let's um, give that all like the, the the other boost they do often yeah. and you know it's like the bet of the week right um yeah. but yep so so gavin green i think there's a compelling argument to be made there and um one i i mean we just want him to get over the line right yeah um absolutely. You go again um, for let's yeah go in we mentioned him early off the top yeah um, so right you, I think this is a good one you mentioned Oliver Pecker and and I've kind of discounted what um, between how you know winning those events means so I can't then come straight back and say that Oliver Becker finishing second here is the reason I should bet him but it's not really like that wasn't what kind of drew it to him. like if you look at just the people with strokes going off the tee this season like Oliver Becker's right up there. Like that, that was the main thing that kind of caught my eye. So um, the fact that he's just played so well, the fact that he plays great at home, um, th- there's just a lot to like about Oliver Becker. Like I, th- I think he's a little bit underrated. Like he was 15th in strokes gain off the tee this season. And um, that was in 82 measured rounds. No one had, above him had played more than 82. Ross Fisher had played 81. Um, so Yes, there's a decent drop off between him and like a Jordan Smith, but still really, really encouraging. And and like you say, he's got that second place finish here last year uh, on a different, you know, different event, eighth and twentieth uh, in other South African events as well. 
then you just consider like the season that he's had like he went so close all year really um periodically and then ninth place finish for Rebecca at the Italian Open um even when he was like 56 at the Dunhill Championship he was actually 11th at the 54 hole stage he shot 66 in round two at Valderrama in a, in a disappointing week third last week in in South Africa or two weeks ago as well um I think Becker's got a great chance to perform in a course he knows well yeah um <laughs> it's funny because like I, I think of him it's tough some of these live I because I, I live golfer he played one yeah. live golf event right but like it kind of throws my head off a little bit on uh, those guys even like Henny like Henny Duplessis you know jumping over for an event or two um uh, and playing um and then coming back has always still distorted my brain a little bit but he has played a ton of, of DP World Tour golf you're exactly right in a really good season and familiarity on the course I actually had interest in uh, a full-time live golfer um in let's see where his odds were right in the same range i'm not i'm not going with him but Holy i don't know if the distance is there actually not horsefield i thought richard bland has shown a lot of life in the yeah. last two events they've played third in bangkok finished strong in jetta you know was top 25 at wentworth like he's had an okay run um i just don't think of, the distance is he out of live now like i've got, I got a feeling like he's not going to be on the team or something is it yeah. is it like him or cancer or something of, of like gonna drop out i, 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 I don't even pretend to know enough yeah um, i have no idea i know i know they've started opening up the transfer portal and that's uh yeah. that's always fun i saw ptu line got the uh got the got the switch to the four aces or whatever as they try and excite things up but um yeah whatever it it's tough isn't it it's really hard i mean we've seen with Atagi recently what what good form on on live can or not even great form of live like great form when he's come back from live can do so yeah uh, you know bland's got experience here he's played here in the past I actually thought you'd go with Horsfield if, if you were going to go. For yeah, that. I, I think if you went on on skill type too, right? I mean, yeah. Cantor, I had Cantor could have played could have played this well if he could get his driving back to what it was. But instead of talking about those guys, let, let's talk yeah. about the guy. Let's the talk guy. about. I, mean, I mentioned Legoff National off the top for one specific reason, Todd. <laughs> one one reason and what I mean, you you say Kranz, he's played well, Kranz. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Qatar. I don't think the Qatar Masters record as good, but you said Rosner's corollary Qatar win isn't a bad thing. Well, that 70-foot punt on the 18th hole broke my heart when Guido Migliazzi came in second there. Guido Migliazzi, 21st in his debut debut here, uh, was inside the top 10. I believe he was third after the first round on debut. uh, He was like a young buck coming up still. He had his victories, but he was like 125 to 1 at this event last time it was here and played well. I thought he showed out well. And this is the best, in my opinion, Guido has been in, in a good amount of time, right? Similar to the way I'm viewing Yannick Paul. He shows up at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. Was like in a good spot after round one, fell off after that. Who knows what happens at Valderrama? If you play bad, it is what it is, right? If you play great, love to see it. But that stretch leading into his win was the best golf we have seen out of Guido Migliazzi in some time. And that's what I'm going to bet on. Freed up, card locked up, good to go, coming to a place he's felt comfortable at. And uh, the the issue is he's not the best driver, right? Like he, he uh, you worry about the accuracy, distance is, eh. The the short game aspect, like his his, you look at one of the better putters in, in this event, and and it's him, it's there, so he can contend with with some from a short game. But what he did at Le Golf National is what he would need to repeat here, and we've seen him do that in in, in recent chances, and I like it with Guido, and at seventy to one. I'll take my, you know, it's good odds in an okay field. You know what I mean? He was down way lower than this recently. And, and I think they've drifted about to a good spot that I feel comfortable going back at. 
Yeah, look, when I, when I read um, Ben's article and saw the France link, I knew you were going to go with Guido Migliorsi. <laughs> he almost I, did, man. He, he was so he, close. He would have done, yeah. Good but Jeff Guido in that article. He, when I saw the seventh at uh, Kranz, I thought I was going to bet Guido Migliorsi. Uh, yeah. Then I think Brad was talking about Kenya, and obviously we know he's played well there in the past, uh, winning yeah. and finishing 12th. Then I think that Qatar Masters, you know, it's a different golf course at Education City rather than Doha, but I think similar sort of traits to, to both golf courses. Then you look at the fact with, with Migliozzi that he's played here finishing 21st and opening with a 67. Like, your first ever round on one of the toughest golf courses, 67, is huge. And, okay, he shot a final round 76 to really fall away, but he was inside the top 10 for the first two rounds, which, like you say, is a... As a, as a young player back then, I mean that was his probably first full season on the on the tour. Um, so to me, I, I think Guido makes a lot of sense. I'd, most of the time, I just know you're going to bet him because he's in the field and he's still alive. Uh, but this time, I think there's there's merit to it. Yeah, yeah, I love to have a good excuse when I bet him. Each have one more selection, um, dipping into the triple digits for us. I think they they price things up well. I you know it's not you can make an argument. I know the argument you're going to make for your guy. Um, yeah. I'm going to make a similar one and kind of thinking through, uh, you know, my bet here. But I think they, they priced up these long, long shots decently well, um, where it's not the most appetizing to dip here. But let's go with your standout down here. Yeah. So for me, Calais Samoya, um, I, I mentioned those two courses off the top. So obviously we know he's won. Uh, Porsche European Open, wasn't it, that he won. But the two courses that I flagged to you were Doha and Crown Cercier. He's got a third and a fifth at uh, Doha in the Qatar Masters. He finished second in Cran. So I couldn't have asked for better colorative form for him, uh, for Samoya. And then you go into the fact that he played here once and he finished in 10th place. And just recently as well, he shot a second round 64 at the Portugal Masters. So although Samoya, like, you wonder what Kelly Samoya is going to become when he wins that first event. And you think, okay, is it, you know, we say this an awful lot, like players going to kick on us at first win. That's going to change them. The trouble is with Smoyer is it's changed him for the worse. Like he's been horrendous. He's, he's been missing cuts. He, uh, he feels like the, the, the epitome of someone that's gone right. You know, it's taken me so long to win. Anyway, it's not even been that long, right? But like it's taken me a while to win. I've had a couple of chances and I'm probably going to relax off. And that feels like what Samoy has done. But that just that second round 64 in Portugal, there was a couple of bits of life in Italian Open. Um, and it, to be honest, it's been a, it's actually been a really poor season for him. But the two places he's done well, uh, you know, the Qatar Masters and, and his win at the European Open. I think the European Open demands a, a decent driving um, week as well. So to me, it's it's a correlative course play for Samoya. It's there's not a ton of confidence because he's just been missing cuts like they're going out of fashion. But the, the tenth place finish I just thought was amazing. Like he never shot worse than seventy two that week. Close with a 69. So he backdoored a top 10. He was basically top 25 for the week. But, you know, I, I don't mind that. It, it comes with positive memories. It's, you know, the, the two courses that I like. He's played well at consistently. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just a long shot. And I don't think there's too many that make a ton of sense. And he's one of those. He's played well at Kenya as well, if, if that comes to fruition as well. So I like Kelly Samoya. Yeah, it's weird because I think like he, he did stand out to me down there because I thought about his victory and thought about his upside of what what he has done. But there are like just the, the basically this bunch is the random winners of the season, right? Yeah, Al Chong's yeah. in there. Kiefer got his win. Uh, you know, your boy Ali Wilson gets his win. Um, you, you mentioned Samoya there. Crocker's fallen off the map since he got his win, right? Like yeah. I would have loved Crocker here had we seen any life. 
But what I'm going to go to is uh, a golfer that is sneaky shown form and, and form, meaning like I felt his season was a little bit of a disaster at one point following a made cut at the U.S. Open. We, we just didn't see much out of Will Besseling for a while, right? Um, and, and maybe I, I'm being too generous in saying, you know, we've seen life. I mean, his last three events are made cuts, T51, T45, T47. Best off the tee performance uh, out of him in quite some time last week at the Portugal Masters. You mentioned the week that required a really big demanding test with Calis Moya. Runner up that week was Will Besseling. And, yeah. and I think Besseling, when I think South Africa events, I think back to the, the specific one where they let the guys wear shorts for the first time. <laughs> and I believe that was when Grace might have won. Um, the Alfred Dunhill Championship in, in 2019. And, and I remember vividly, um, I wish the location for him was, it was acting up a little bit for me um, on tour chips this week, yeah. but I, I know Will Besseling has, has done well. He had third that week at the Alfred Dunhill Championship. The, the year before, I believe he also um, in South Africa had another strong finish there. Yeah, the Alfred Dunhill Championship was played twice in 2020. That's what it was, a 13th there and a third to open up the season. And so he's got good vibes in South Africa. And, and what, again, the, the hidden thing about Will Besseling is he is arguably when like you, you pull statistics and you really just focus on driving, like he's like a top 10 driver on, on the DP World Tour, yeah. right? Like in theory, like he's like decently accurate, but he is very long with it too. And it kind of just goes unknown. Um, and it's been a, a stretch run since basically him and Samoya fell off the map after that one, two finish. And we're hoping to find what brought them that success that week based off some corollary stuff based off of the peak of their game. And they're both triple digits this week. So I think Besseling is worth um, a little punt there. I mean, look, if, if, I mean, I didn't know you like Will Besseling, I, I guess because of the driving aspect, but the fact that you like him and I like Samoya and they've, they've finished one to an event is always a promising sign. Then you think about yeah. the fact that um, one of um, Bessling's better finishes has come at Crown Sierra as well. He's played yep. one of those class. He's played one in Kenya, as we keep mentioning. Um, so to me, for, for Bessling, I don't know if being a top 10 driver on the DP World Tour means he's really good or the DP World Tour is really bad. Um, yeah. But it it doesn't matter, right? Like it, it's in the context of what he's playing against, there's probably five or six players that you really need to worry about this week. And then everybody else is fair game. Like, you know, you've got Fleetwood, Dietrich, Smith, Fox, McIntyre, Mimuli and Herbert, maybe. Hoy, Rasmus Hoygaard, I guess, are like real like standouts. Like you can really see them winning when they get in the hunt. You know, they, they drive the ball really, really well, etc. But then you've got a lot of kind of like uncertainties at the top. You've got a lot of middle players that like, I I thought I'd like Callum Shinkwin, but like he's like 40 to one. And if you're just looking for skill sets, he's it. But then so is Bessling, so is uh, Samoya at times, so is Becker, so is... You know, Paul Waring was good off the tee. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know quite. It's a really hard week to handicap, I think. And it's it's one of those ones where you probably don't need to give too much of a chance to the bottom of the board, which is why we've only got one section each down there. But I could definitely see the kind of 40 to 60 to one range hitting because you've just got, you know, these guys at the top don't win every week. It just doesn't happen. Uh, I know it's happened a bit more recently, which is why I've kind of protected myself with Dietrich. But like, you know, like, is Tommy Fleetwood playing like a 10-1 golfer? No, he's not. I know he's improved a little bit recently, but 
you know, I, th- I think there's there's opportunities to take chances. I mean, Brandon Grace a couple of years ago would have been a, a great bet, but I don't know if anything's come out since he like collapsed on the floor in live. I think he might have played. He played. He played Miami afterwards. Right. Um, but yeah, he had to withdraw in Jeddah because of because of the sickness, and he was not good in Miami. He was terrible in Miami. Yeah. Um, so from, I, from what the numbers show. Yeah. So, so to me, I I would be a bit. I mean, he wasn't playing that well before then either. So like, I I really like Brandon Grace. He's one of my or was one of my favorite golfers. So, um, you know, I, I do I do really enjoy his game, but like. I just don't think there's an awful what it's a long way around to say like I don't think there's a lot to worry about here. I think people that that suit the skill set you've got four rounds, you know there's no cut. So um go out there and shoot a, a low final round and get yourself inside the top 5 or 6 and, and pay out in each way. Yeah, that and that's is the risk you run in a no cut stronger field, but yeah. also this isn't that same strength where you don't have the downside of missing. Heck, you could you could put together 63 64 on the weekend right like i mean this course is more difficult maybe that's a stretch there but like yeah, yeah. i think it gives more i guess opportunity for these guys down the board they're not fighting against 60 other guys that might be priced right next but, to them right this, like it's this different field, this field isn't what it normally is like it's correct been, as you just alluded to there like tommy fleetwood isn't what tommy fleetwood was in 2019 lee westwood is a three-time winner at this golf course one in 2018 brandon grace was a great player in 2017 Noran, Leishman, Willett, Bjorn, Keimer, Stenson, Furyk, Goose, and Garcia. Like these are people at the pomp for winning this, and they were beating, yeah, alternatives. The best, like, the best. Yeah, yeah, like it. Mm-hmm. And we were going to see that. I think we were going to see a couple more players. We we're definitely going to see Zalatoris. He was committed to it into his injury. So like, we could have got that kind of week. And like, and back, circling back to your very first point, it'd be nice if some of those guys showed up from next week, but. There's just no incentive to, you know, what's the incentive for them to travel to South Africa and then go to, you know, Dubai? It's just not there, right? So it's it's tough, but I I think we've I think we've identified some good golfers. I think between us, like I think we've we've gone with a skill set again. Like we've gone with good drivers, and you know, or if they're not a good driver, they make it up in a different way. But like we we generally targeted good drivers of of the golf ball. So I think I think we're on the right lines, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I'm excited for the week. And, and like I said, you, you jump right in um, to the championship next week. And then there's a four events in a two week span um, over Thanksgiving uh, here in the States. And then the, the first week of December. So we're staying busy, Tom. Um, I'd like to make sure we give a shout out before we review our cards uh, to all of those that listen on audio platforms. Uh, you can find us at daily fantasy sports picks and bets. The mix Mayo media network on YouTube goes a long way. Rate review, subscribe, uh, comment for us we're, we're going back in those comments we got feedback last week of some things we want to improve hopefully um, that was kind of an adjustment we tried to make actively this week so we appreciate you guys listening um, and, and definitely want that feedback and, and want us to implement and things that you want to see or, or other opportunities please uh, feel free we're available on twitter too you can find me at skyhook dfs you can find tom at, at tom jacobs 93 you know we're, we're here we're, we're you know continuing to support our beloved tour uh, as we close out the season it, and, it, and it is um, getting harder i've got to be honest like when when, yeah. when you think you've got a break in november and december and then you realize that they've shoehorned five events before christmas um but no, to, to, to circle back to the point you made, firstly, I thought for the first time in like 87 million episodes that you were going to miss uh, the, the, the the shout out to the audio platform and I was going to tee you up with a really good figure. <laughs> Where can they find us for the next couple of weeks? But you, you, you nailed that. But um, to, to the point of the, of the YouTube comments, like I'm really glad that people make those comments and you, I mean, you went back on the comment. Um, we kind of raised it in the group chat and like, 
it's really important to us like to me and you like we'll be chatting away and don't you know because we know what we're talking about you know it's, yep. it's not as easy sometimes for people to follow along so um really appreciate the comments there hopefully people have realized that we take them on board so that people then do mention other things because that's the only way you can improve a show right like whether it's audio video whatever um is, is people listening in so if if people are making those comments they've listened in intently uh, which is what i really like so um really really pleased with the support we've got this season yep yep absolutely all right tom let's lead into your card here for us yeah so thomas Dietrich for me um i don't know exactly the price let me just look on the the odds checker us website here uh thomas Dietrich is 14 to 1 yep. um at um DraftKings sportsbook um and then i've gone in with gavin green who said has been boosted to 55 which is a nice uh, bonus there oliver becker you can get a 55 to 1 I think it's the Caesars Sportsbook there, but DraftKings Sportsbook is, is 50 to 1 as well. Um, and then we have got uh, Calais Samoya, who, so there is a, a decent difference in, in price range. So he's 200 to 1 um, in England and 130 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. So there is a, a big okay. difference, but I think 130 to 1 in this kind of field is, is good value still. Absolutely. Um, for me, I'm leading off Lucas Herbert, 25 to 1, Antoine Rosner, 31 to 1. Um, then I'm going down to Yannick Paul, 45 to 1. The Guido Migliazzi, he's available at 70 to 1. And then Will Besseling is 125 to 1. So let's have a week, Tom. Let's go. Let's close the season strong. And, and simultaneously, final stage of Q School tees off on Friday. Six, I believe it's a six-round um, Q School. Um, some big names got through second stage. So excited for that. The challenge tour just wrapped up um, last week. Saw some big time performances there. Um, so excited. Again, immediately we jump almost, you know, it, they used to give a week off on the PGA tour in between this. They just jump right after. And we've seen a lot of opportunity for these guys early on winning, coming out of Q school, coming off of challenge tour, huge opportunity for prices. We're going to get our heads into the books, study these up, uh, be ready to go when it comes. But thank you all again for your support and listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys.